Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fassett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. This is Gemma, and I am ecstatic to be here today. I hear the birds singing, the sun starting to shine. It's just lovely. Absolutely lovely. And you know, I grew up with days being either cold or hot, and I don't know how we got so lucky to have all these 70 and 60 degree days. It is just magnificent. I used to wonder when I was a kid, how come these days didn't exist? Where in the country do they get this kind of weather? And here I am in perfect Lala. I love it. So today I want to talk about playing small because a lot of people think that it's being humble or um, courteous or kind or um, uh, gracious or something like that, but it really isn't. It's playing small is this thing where where you um, are not in your power. You're not in your power. You're thinking less of yourself. You're putting yourself below someone else to prop them up. It's just many things that all resemble not playing at your highest potential self and thus being in a position to lift others with you. So when we play small, we kind of subjugate our own superhero powers. I know a couple days ago, I was like, which superhero are you? Because we have these superhero powers, but when we play small, we deny them. So playing small is really something to correct. It is much better to be like without judgment, without expectation, just live doing your best, live doing your best. And playing small is I'll try, I need, it's like, I, I'm not good enough. Um, I don't deserve this. It's turning away gifts of abundance. It's it's amazing how many people do this. Like, oh no, you shouldn't. Oh yes, they should. Oh yes. Like, oh yes, I'm a grateful receiver. That's where I go. I am a grateful receiver. Thank you. I am a grateful, grateful receiver. Thank you. And when someone gives me um, credit for something, I say, thank you. Thank you. And you know, I had to learn to say thank you because before that, I just wanted to give it back to them. Like I would be like, oh, and you're wonderful too. Now I just say thank you because I really want to embody that moment and not just mirror it back to them. You know, and if they're saying it just so that I will mirror it back, well, that's a problem. That's not my problem, right? That's not my problem. So I want, I want to play at my highest potential self. And this is a practice of ah, being, ah, present. It's a practice of being a grateful receiver, not just a giver. It is a practice of asking questions that allow me to expand into my highest potential self on a regular basis and not just accept this moment is as good as it gets. 
this moment, whatever it is, right? Because some moments don't feel so good. But I like to look at those moments as pivoting points. I like to see those moments as ahas, like I can see what I don't want to do. I can see how I can improve. I can see how to tweak this. That's what I do with those other moments. It's like, I know I can do better. And to look at where I drop the ball, because a lot of times, as long as I'm doing my best, then everything is really beautiful. Like, unless there is a program to unlearn, like if I'm doing my best and someone criticizes me and I take that personally, then I know there's a program in there that has to do with me also thinking I should do better or with me thinking that... um how the, you know, some expectation wasn't met, a belief wasn't met. Uh, so I can release those at that time. I can recognize maybe the belief is around shame. Maybe the belief is around guilt. I can release those. I can recognize the emotion, uh, for being a, uh, what do you call it? Like a red light. And then I can focus in and I can allow, and I can love what is, it is huge. Loving what is, is huge. And so I want to do that as much as I possibly can. That's my, that's my go-to is loving what is, accepting what is, um, this is perfect just as it is. And that assists me in being my highest potential self. So playing small also, it teaches our children uh, a false humbleness, a false humility. There's nothing, um, there's nothing lovely about playing small. I run into students sometimes in my art classes. They're usually new students. They come in this way. And then within a few weeks, I've got them turned around. But they come in and they don't like anything they do. Uh, they say, oh, this isn't any good. They're actually projecting themselves into their artwork. They'll say, um, I don't like this. Uh, after they worked hours and hours on it, I don't like it. Um, after they loved it one minute, then they hate it the next minute. So I, I, I know that at some level that is just conditioned like self-approval at some level. Now, I don't say that to them. I don't even really have a clue. But what I like to do is say, you know, in this class, we don't judge. You know, we don't criticize like that. We, um, we can do helpful criticism. We can we can tweak, we can encourage, we can, we can actually redo our work. But to judge it in such a harsh way is unnecessary and unhelpful. So I work with them at loving what they do so that they can see how we can recognize that something isn't working and not make it a bad thing, not make it evil, not make it a represent, you know, not make it personal. And then we can um, open ourselves up to solution. So that's what I'm working with people in my classes to do. And it doesn't matter the age. And yeah, I've had five-year-olds who were like that. I've had teenagers, um, especially teenagers. And teenagers are going through a hard time. So it's very obvious to see that they would um, feel that something so personal to them would be uh, bad or it, it just they don't want to own the responsibility of that vulnerability out there. And I can understand that because they're going through a hard time with everything, all the changes in their lives. And I've had adults who come in that way. So it's really universal that it can be present. 
it's not just something you grow into. It's conditioning. It's um, the belief systems we take in, the programs we take in. Ah, so, 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 um, presentness and, and, uh, self-love, loving self unconditionally, unconditionally is really key for that. Ah, it's so funny because I was just like, oh, let me just take a breath. And as soon as I was like doing that, this cool breeze, sweet, 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 cool breeze just came into the room through the window. How perfect. So today is Phoenix's last day of school this year. She's graduating from sixth grade. She'll go into seventh next year. And she's pretty excited about that. And so her summer starts tomorrow. Um, I'm starting 12 classes today uh, that I teach, which is huge. 12 classes. So um, yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing to me. And I think it may just be a summer thing, who knows, but um, it, it is very massive, and um, I'm looking forward to it. <sighs> Life is very, very good, and it's up to us to find the good within it. It's up to us to see it, to spot it, to notice it, um, to embody it, and it's just awareness and presentness that gives us the ability to do that. That is one of your superhero powers, presentness, self-awareness. Uh, when we choose to deflect, when we choose to like um, hold belief systems that create um, this is how it has to be kind of thing, we start out with glasses on, like you know, like rose-colored glasses, which automatically like defy the the perfection of reality. And then playing small feeds into that, um, all of it. The just it's all twisted versions of reality. What if reality could just be reality? What if reality could just be without us putting our own stamp on it? Oh, I like this. I don't like that. You know, this is perfect. This is bad. Uh, what are some other things? Oh, this is special, but this is, this is trash. This is meaningless. What if we stop putting our personal stamp all over everything? It's like a dog peeing on everything. What if we stopped doing that? What if a dresser was just a dresser? What if a carpet was just a carpet? It had no other meaning. It was something you walk on. What if um, air was just air? What if perfume was just perfume? It didn't have to be bad or good. See, a lot of things get demonized so that we can reject them. You know, like that is what makes 3D, you know, like, oh, if it's bad, then I have the right to refuse it. But what if you just refuse it because you just refuse it? You choose not to have that in your environment. It doesn't have to be demonized to do that. It can just be, I don't do this. Mm. So um, it seems that, yes, playing small could fit into all of that. Because if I play small, then um, no one can see my strength as a threat. You know, playing small is, how about this? Playing small is another technique for surviving in 3D. Whereas playing in your highest potential self is how we live in 5D. Playing to our strengths in 5D, playing to our weaknesses in 3D. Because in 3D, it's all about, um, you know, falsely uh, bumping up, you know, the world around us. It's like this, 
oh, you know, you look so beautiful, so that um, you will hold me up too. It's a codependent kind of mentality. And um, we don't want to outshine anyone. I can remember, I've always been very strong in my opinions and stuff, and I can remember uh, one of my, my moms saying, you know, you are very threatening to people because you, you're so sure of yourself. And it was like, Jiminy Christmas, you know? So to fit in, I'm supposed to be insecure. I'm supposed to not be sure of myself. I'm just supposed to not speak my own truth. I'm not supposed to, you know, share or um, participate in a discussion because it's threatening to people. And it, it wasn't loud or anything. It wasn't like I was argumentative. It was nothing like that. I just had very strong opinions that were fact-based. You know, they had... Um, my stamp of of my truth in them and knowing and that was good enough for me and nothing was going to sway me from it. I guess that feeling of nothing would sway me was very threatening to them because maybe they weren't as sure about their own. I don't know. I found it very confusing. I wasn't even sure why it was brought to my attention at the time, but I can understand now that it was because people want to feel like they're welcomed into this codependent like relationship or social thing where um we we uh are like not sure of ourselves we are not sure of our own ideas so that we can like um ah weave into each other's like codependent kind of worlds that's all i can imagine it's like to me i have spent my whole life finding truth and honing that truth into my world. Like as soon as I find a piece of truth, I integrate it. That's how that works. Awareness to the the alignment with truth, to the full integration of that truth, to finding no other pieces of truth and integrating those. It's all alignment to me. And when that truth speaks to me, I know there is like no authority who could tell me different than that truth. You know, when I um, embodied God is love and, um, you know, God is, um, you know, God being a different meaning of word to other people. But for me, it is all that is. It is God's source energy is the consciousness that embodies the entire planet. That's my, my understanding. And that's just mine. I'm not pushing that on anybody. It can be whatever you want. It is for you. So. When I found that God is love statement and I felt the truth of it, I knew it was an absolute and all truth is absolute. There are no shades of it. So when I found God is love, then I knew that everything that was not love was not God. And God is not joining in or participating in what we think as evil or bad. God is the love within it. And there is love within every single thing if we choose to see it. It's very simple. So with that, ooh, ooh, good timing. Um, have a wonderful, beautiful day. I love you. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafasad.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.